Hi everyone, it's Griffin here. I wanted to announce this newly released show, Speak with Plants, specifically today. So you may not know what this show is. Speak with Plants is our new Patreon exclusive show where we're playing through the Iron Fang Invasion Adventure Path converted to second edition. Haley is running us through this adventure as the game master. And it is myself, Steve, Chris, and our friend Tim as the players. Why are we calling to speak with plants? Well, all of the players have chosen a plant ancestry in second edition as our first characters. The first two episodes are available to you on this feed right now for free. So you can get a taste of the adventure and see if the characters or Haley's GM style are interesting to you and you want to join us for this adventure. The rest of the adventure will be available on Patreon right now today. If you decide to support Hideous Laughter Productions at the $5 and up tier, you can listen to episode zero, episodes one and two, which are already free here, and episode three. Then every other Tuesday, you'll receive a new episode of Speak with Plants to the Patreon RSS feed. Uh, we really hope that you'll consider joining us for this adventure. We've had so much fun recording it so far. And your support here also helps us make Bestow Curse a weekly show. We're about halfway to our goal to make Bestow Curse weekly. And I'm really excited for us to hit that milestone as well. So if you enjoy what you hear today, please consider throwing us a couple bucks and uh, getting more of this content in your ear holes. With that, I'll just let you listen. I really hope you enjoy it. Welcome to episode one of Speak with Plants. Are you guys excited? Yep. Oh, Very. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo. All right. I am so excited. This is going to be such a great time. I have been wanting to play through the rest of this adventure since I've played a little bit of it. And I'm very excited to do this in 2E and have a fun gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. That is very exciting. So. Have we ever told the audience where we came up with Speak With Plants? I don't know. I feel like this did come up on a Zone of Truth. I think so. Maybe. But but I think it's worth doing because a lot of people don't listen to that show. Yeah. Or haven't listened to it yet. Very fair. So uh, let's be real. I've been dying to play a gimmick campaign for a while. And I've been dying to get everyone to play a gimmick campaign for a while. <laughs> so we were drinking. As we do. Yeah, out at a bar, and uh, that's when this all came about. I don't know if anyone else has a, a really detailed well, we description. Yeah. I remember how this went down, because of course yeah. I'm integral to it. I don't think we knew exactly what we were going to play yet, but I was just like, guys, I don't care what we play. I know I want to play a Pine Leshy, because I saw that in the back of the Quest for the Frozen Flame AP and really want to play a Pine Tree walking around. 
And then I think I we guess. just started like... That was when I started to plant the seed of everyone. Ah, plant the seed. I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> and then I think everyone just kind of started like, oh, you know what would be fun if like I did this type of leshy and like put this sort of spin on it. Like, man, wouldn't it be hilarious if we were all plants? And then, and then we kind of thought about it. Like, That'd be kind of fun. And then we yeah. were thinking what adventure works with that. And I think it was between Kingmaker and Iron Fang Invasion. Mm-hmm. that are both very kind of wilderness forward mm-hmm. that make the most sense for a leshy. You know, you don't really want to play iron gods with a group of leshies. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do. But- uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe you do. Maybe you do. Well, I also specifically wanted to GM both mm-hmm. Kingmaker and Iron Fang because I think they're really cool and I've been wanting to GM one of those too. So that's part of, like, that was also part of it. And like, leshies fit in those as well very nicely. Yeah, and I think the idea was we want to transition from doing modules behind the paywall to doing them in front of the paywall with some special guests. And so what do we do behind the paywall? Let's do another full adventure. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Here we are. Committed to the bit for at least five years, guys. Oh, boy. <laughs> Spoken into existence. Oh, Look, it's going to be fun. They'll be the most well-developed plants. Mm-hmm. All plant party on potentially anybody's ever heard on on the radio. Just yes. Mm-hmm. And I am so happy that I get to GM the group in for this. <laughs> it's perfect GM for that. <laughs> well, I just got to say, Haley, you put together a crack squad. You got the right folks here to do this the right way. Yeah. Perfect heist implementation. Get the, get the, the team together. Yeah, I think everyone here has plant weaknesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess do we want to do a, a around the room who is everybody and who you play in an ABCs do you want to talk about yourself first oh yeah I guess I can do that I am Haley and I've played a, as a player on a, a bunch of the stuff on our network but I also have GM'd a couple times both the April Fool's episode and the hideous laughter original feed and, and a whole Starfinder campaign an entire Starfinder campaign as well and also, I GM'd the Realm of the Fell Night Queen module on our Patreon feed. So I've GM'd a few times, almost exclusively one E and Starfinder. <laughs> I have only GM'd one or two two E module or not modules, but uh, scenarios. But I've been a player on on two E, and so I'm looking forward to being a GM in two E. That's a exciting thing for me because I have not done any of that really to this kind of extent. So. I'm sure I'll be looking for some help from our more expert 2E GMs here that are with me. (laughs) Um, And that we'll be able to hopefully make a very good campaign. In general, I'm excited because as a GM, I'm very much a, if players want to do it and it sounds fun, probably going to go with it. As long as it doesn't break crazy amounts of rules, probably going to go with it. Which is great. Get into an all-plant campaign. (laughs) Anyone want to now talk about yourself? Okay, Steve. Go ahead. (laughs) Put the new guy up front. (laughs) Yeah, I'm clearly new to the podcast. My name's Tim. Hi, Tim. Uh, Tim. Not new. Oh, thank you. Hi, guys. I've been playing Pathfinder for, I don't know, eight eight years, I guess, roughly. But 2E, I play with most of the people here in this group by GMing a Reign of Winter conversion from first edition to second edition, which has been super fun. And I'm playing a character, his name is Hector Velute, human 
Gorn relations, or in this case, human leshy relations. <laughs> and so he's not a leshy, but he's another plant person. So you'll be hearing him. He is a rogue, and he'll be taking a cleric dedication, which we like to call the Pies of Special. We used to do that a lot in first edition. <laughs> and I'm excited to meet the rest of your characters too. OG Pathfinder players know about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not an OG player. Before the War Priest came out, <laughs> there, was, there was the Rogue Cleric. The Rogue Cleric. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll go. I am Chris. You can hear me on Bestow Curse as a player there. I've also been playing in all of the other Link Legacy seasons, including GMing the last season that we just finished up not too long ago, Little Malevolence Arc. I am playing a Leshy, um, a lichen Leshy from the Botanical Bestiary that I'm flavoring as a moss Leshy. I know lichen and moss are not the same thing. My concept is moss, and that's the closest thing I can use to express it. I Put have that up front, like yeah, yeah. If you're coming, get out of if you're coming for me in the comments, just know People I understand the difference. Raging. They're not the same thing. I want to be moss. I've also taken the Gonzi versatile heritage, not exactly like Maelstrom energy, but there's a little bit of chaotic energy and stuff in the backstory. So Gonzi moss leshy sorcerer. I've taken the elemental bloodline. So I am going to be casting primal spells and stuff. And I'm not going to talk about the background here right now for this intro. I'm going to let that maybe have that be a thing later. But yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> Griff, you want to go next? Or you want to clean up? I don't care. Well, I don't either. Well, you go ahead. All right, cool. All right. Hey, folks, my name's Steve. I am, I think, on everything that we do here on the Hideous Laughter Productions Network. Key ingredient. Uh, I typically am a player. I've only GM'd one module on this feed. No response from Deepmar. Had some fun there, but GMing's not really my thing. I love being a player. Let's see here. Who am I playing? I'm playing a pine leshy called Rox Naughty. And yes, Rox is spelled with an X. <laughs> the versatile heritage that I picked, of course, is Oriad. The background is Martial Deceitful. And as for a class... I am going to be a monk going eventually with the free dedication or what have you specking into wrestler. So expect a lot of combat maneuvers and stuff. Um, this is a, a detail that I haven't shared yet here in recorded medium here, but I'm voice casting. My character as Alex Ferns who plays Pete Savage in the Batman or Linus Mosk in Andor. And then I face cast the character as just a end from Lord of the Rings. Cause, uh, He's a pine tree. <laughs> oh, I know that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's been a lot. Of, well, he's been like one big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That end. He's been a lot. Of, <laughs> well, I, I, there I, were two I, towers in it, but. Oh, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two big things. I'm specifically picking get the, the end that gets lit on fire and then douses his head in the water. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. That, that yeah. one's you. That one. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm Griff. I'm also on everything in this network. <laughs> Uh, key ingredient. Also, GM most of the things on this network. Long time first edition and second edition now GM. And this will be, as long as we keep going, my longest stint as a player on the network. So I'm very excited and put a lot of research into this character because hopefully he doesn't die very early and is a, uh, a long-lived character on the network. So I'm playing a... Gord Leshy 
known as Jack the Rambler. He is a Ifrit as a versatile heritage and is a gunslinger. I'm going to be moving into the unexpected sharpshooter archetype as he levels up. And he is Feybound. So the the rules and reasons for that will come up over the course of the campaign. But I'm excited to play him. I've actually been listening to the podcast Old Gods of Appalachia to kind of workshop his voice, which you guys will hear shortly. I'm excited to play with this group. I've been playing with everyone at this table for years and years and years, finished multiple campaigns with multiple of you. And so it's really exciting to get this group together. Not that you know we don't love everyone on the HLP network because we do, but this will be a really fun combination of folks. And I think a fairly chaotic combination of folks for Haley to GM, which is perfect for her style. So without further ado, I think we should uh, should get into it, right, guys? Yeah, do you want to start episode one? Yeah. Let's do it. Adventure right. awaits. Time to put down our roots, boys. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so as the sun rises over the small town of Vandar, the air is filled with a festive buzz. The annual market fest is finally here, and people from all over the region have gathered to celebrate. The town square is bustling with activity as vendors set up their stalls, musicians tune their instruments, and performers practice their acts. This festival takes place in the main of town square, but it's really throughout the entirety of Vandar. The vendors are setting up their stalls to sell a wide variety of goods, including fresh produce, handmade crafts, and exotic spices. There is filled with enticing aromas of food being cooked on open grills, and the sound of live music can be heard from various stages scattered throughout the square. In addition to shopping and eating, there's various games and activities to participate in, including archery contests, axe-throwing competitions, and even, and even a small petting zoo where children can interact with various animals. The Market Festival in Feindar is a celebration of community, culture, and commerce, and is a must-visit event for anyone in Nermathas. So inside of the festival, amidst the excitement, visitors, and more vendors that continue to arrive in Feindar, everyone has come from far and wide, each with their own reasons for being here. Perhaps they're all seeking a short adventure, or some small treasures, or simply a good time. Whatever their motivations, everyone finds themselves drawn to this festival and eager to join in. As we look into the festival deeper, there's a number of Feindar citizens and helpful volunteers supporting these vendors as they set up around the town. You see a younger man walking down the aisles of the vendors with a stack of parchment, attempting to hand them out to each and every vendor. Most of the vendors either take those papers and throw them directly in the trash, or just leave them be to fly away. He starts to walk up to a partially set up stall where two people are actively working to set it up and walks towards and hands one of them a parchment without even taking a look at that person and says, please, can you please post this? It's, it's so important. Everyone knows to be wary of all the green ones. And then he looks up to that person that he's handed this parchment to. And that person has their own verdant green skin that... He takes a step back, yelps, and swiftly runs to a stall much further away. The other large man who's working on that stall stops and asks, Hey, Hector, what'd you do to that boy? He looked like he's going to run home to his mommy. So, Tim, who do we see? <laughs> Swear I didn't do anything. <laughs> Just ran away. You see Hector, who has 
course, the shocking skin to think he was a human was a mistake. <laughs> he, in fact, has this cuticle, I suppose, that's a dark green, and then his face is a bright white color. It has the typical Goran petal pattern all around his face with just gaps between the petals where his eyes and mouth should be looking humanoid enough, <laughs> but is decidedly not a human. So what did he give you? Like, what is that? I don't know. Let's see. He gave me some sort of paper. What does it say here? So on this paper, you see what looks like basically a parchment of like propaganda. So it has a really crude drawing that looks like maybe a kid would have done it of like a goblin head. Mm -hmm. And then in very formalized script that doesn't really match the drawing to go with it. It says, citizens of Galarian, goblinoids are notorious for their vile and disgusting practices. They've been known to engage in cannibalism, torture, and other unspeakable acts. They have no respect for life, no morals, and no conscience. We urge you not to sell to any goblinoid creature. We must work together to rid our land of this menace and protect our families. <laughs> the green menace. I'm not sure if this is entirely accurate, but it's warning us against the goblinoids. I guess that's what he refers to as the green ones. Oh, trash. Throw it away. They come every year. It's like they don't want us to, you know get money from people. Why does it matter? Ridiculous. Oh, I wouldn't want to throw this away. It's made of precious paper. Perhaps we could recycle it or something. I guess, but maybe cross out one side of it at least. Like, don't want people all to right, see that. All right, fine. <laughs> I don't know. It starts to rub out the ink. <laughs> I'm actually going to head over, since this stall's pretty much done, I'm going to run down to the root and, uh get some refreshments I'll bring you back something in a bit if you just want to finish up the last stuff here oh excellent yes I would love something to pour down my gullet if you uh, could if you'd grab me something that would be lovely and I'll, I'll finish up excellent you drink normal stuff right I'm afraid alcohol doesn't sit well but if you have any water perhaps some phosphorus or something in it or a water okay or just water <laughs> I'm not sure about that other one. <laughs> and so, as Hector gets back to finishing the stall, the last bits of it, as your kind of muscle has left, Dargi is who you're with. He's kind of a big man. He was helping you set up. Yeah, Hector is not muscular, so he's struggling with whatever heavy lifting needs yeah. to happen at this point. So Dargi would have helped set out the main stall and then left you with basically the like putting out any sort of table covering. Like he would have left you with the okay. more mundane things that didn't include needing muscles. Tablecloth, boy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can handle that. And so as you're kind of finishing up and checking things out, a horse-drawn carriage comes down this aisle full of small trees and firewood. And it is absolutely full, and it is clearly heading towards the main bonfire area for the festival. But they do a bonfire at night. It is heading straight there. And as it's heading there, it hits a big bump. And it startles awake one of the trees. Oh, oh. shit! <laughs> Not again! Oh, God! This pine tree animates from this pile of firewood and some small split logs go spiraling off in every direction. Oh, you fall asleep by a pile of lumber one time. You end up thrown in the back of the car. What's going on here? 
This whole town's going nuts! All sorts of busy! Is this some sort of festival or something? Who's around them? Well, the only person who would see this is either the carriage driver, if he's paying attention at all, and not to the, you know, people uh-huh. all over the street. And then Hector setting up the booth and anyone else setting up their own booth. Hey, Bob, slow down! Yeah. I gotta get off here! <laughs> Hector will rush over and attempt to help. Excuse me, carriage driver, please slow down. This, uh, this appears to be a... Is it Rox? Is that you? Is that your name? Dang, uh, Hector! A while. What are you doing here? Oh, this Tell is this the market festival. Tell this guy to festival. slow down. He's going to burn me to death. Yeah. So the yeah, well, carriage driver will stop. You shouldn't just be sitting in the in this pile with a bunch of other logs. Oh, they threw but, me in here. You would not believe how often I get mistaken for firewood. We do a couple close calls, all right? What, are you taking ambient? <laughs> <laughs> He's a heavy sleeper. <laughs> That's going to be a problem later. Yeah. <laughs> don't, put, don't put me on watch. <laughs> I don't know what it is in 2E, but I know like your perception when you're sleeping and 1E was negative 20 when you're sleeping or something. Yep. Uh, it's yours like negative 30. <laughs> yeah, about that. That sounds about right. <laughs> Rox, the fleshies aren't very perceptive, as you know, so please, just... Try to be more careful. Oh, yeah, okay. How you been, Hector? Been a while. It has been a while. Uh, as you can see, I've been uh, shaping up quite a bit for some interaction with some of these folks. They're quite nice once you get to know them. Well, I haven't quite... Well, uh, uh, Darji and I are maybe our friends, but otherwise... Oh, trying to make my way around. Uh, what brings you to the... Well, I suppose you're not here on purpose, are you? No, yeah, what, specifically what brings me to town is someone's trying to burn me to death, but what else is new, right? Yes, always trying to burn trees. Yeah, what's going on? So is this like a festival or something? You involved with this? You, this is your thing? Yes, the, the local residents throw this festival every year as a way for the surrounding communities to get together and market their wares. It's pretty exciting, although I've never been involved as I am this year. I set up that booth. Well, that's just great, man. You need help with that booth? I don't got anything else going on. Actually, yes, if you would. That would be great. Yes. You trying to lift something? I can lift some stuff. Uh, could you grab this piece of wood? Oh, come on, man. You're going to do me like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, We're you're just throw kidding. It I know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I get some like character descriptions to you guys? I want to like know who I'm seeing here. You know? Yeah, sure. So... I'm a pine tree, often mistaken for firewood. But yeah, so I guess it's not too much more complex than that. But he does have like discernible facial features covered with green bristles, of course, like a pine tree. And he's got these like thicker tree trunk like legs, but they're formed in such a way that like, you know, when a tree grows over something and then it's like just kind of like when a tree grows through a chain link fence, like, right? It like kind of just is absorbed into it over time. It's got a bunch of like rocks and stones and stuff, but those are mostly towards the bottom half of his body. And I think that's pretty much it. He doesn't carry a lot of gear. Just kind How of is your boy. face made out? Uh, like normal? I mean, do you have a humanoid face slapped on a tree? Like, you know, those inserts you yes. can get for trees? Yeah, very similar okay. to that. Very similar <laughs> to that. <laughs> okay. That's way creepy. 
Yeah, I actually, when I was looking for some like placeholder artwork for this character when I was originally building it, that's actually what I settled on. And Chris can see it. We're sitting next to each other in the studio. But yeah, it's it's like a carved wood that you like, I don't know, hammer into a tree or something. It makes it looks like it have a face. Yes. But yeah, that's him. That's it looks like something you would like stop uh, motion anime. Had. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, Hector is is a scrawny boy, and uh, I've already just sort of described yeah. his facial features, but he's not carrying any equipment or anything like that beyond his clothing at the moment. He has some, some stuff in a bag by this little booth he's building. Well, I guess you guys are going to finish building the rest of the stall and finish that. And meanwhile, at the entrance to the town, we see a small caravan of relatively quiet people traveling into the town. As soon as they crest over the big bridge and are now on basically Fandar soil, they kind of stop and pull to the side and start to assemble a very small banner at the front of their horses that labels them as Crystalhurst companions. And as soon as they start rolling out the Crystalhurst banner, a few little kids start running up and excitedly are asking the Crystalhurst's mysterious magical people, right? And asking them a bunch of questions. So you hear the like a lot of little kids asking all at once to the few people who are out and visible to them and putting up the banners. How do your druids use magic? Can all of your druids talk to magic animals? What about the plants? Can you also make plants grow really fast? What do you do? How do you control the weather? And you're just going to get a slew of these questions from all these little kids. And then mm-hmm. coming from kind of the back of the caravan or from the caravan back entrance out pops another kind of familiar face to these kids maybe a little less familiar than the whole crystal hearse gang and chris what do we see yeah so this is a, a fairly small still anthropomorphic figure uh, definitely stands out a little bit i would think this is the form of a moss leshy the kids would recognize as pete Mossgrove. So he's draped in a sort of a robe or sort of like partial vest of grayish Spanish moss, basically. His whole figure, he's about like, I'll say like four foot tall or something. He's a a small leshy. Mm -hmm. But his whole figure is made of like a lighter green mossy substance. He's got a head. He doesn't have like, he's got a vague brow and eye outlines, like the sunken spots where I should be. But like no nose, no eyes, no mouth. It's just like a very homogenous face basically and all over his body including his head there are it looks like mottled patterns of orange and green like discolorations of the moss or like orange and red sorry as if there was like some mutation of the moss itself on his body but he will stand up and say uh, ah welcome children ah, it's good to see you again I have so many stories of the forest to tell you about Sit on the cart and let me tell you a tale. And just to step in here for a second. Uh, <laughs> Haley, all the children run away, of course. <laughs> the children actively all hide behind what looks to be maybe the oldest kid in the group. And <laughs> who speaks up. Um, uh, Pete, that's really nice of you. Um, I think maybe, we, uh, we have more questions first. So maybe after the questions, but you can hang, hang around. And we'll ask you questions after. Wonderful. That sounds good. I do have business in the town that I I must be getting off to, but I hope you enjoy your stay, the festival. And 
Before you walk too far away, we have another person who will be coming up. And as a cold wind blew in, a few leaves began to fall and sweep around the feet of a lone figure approaching the town of Thandar. As he walks, he notices himself how cold the air began to grow. And the leaves started to turn orange and red, while a pumpkin-shaped head that glowed with an inner light could be seen by any of the members of the Crystal Hearts caravan. So as Jack makes his way into town and closer to the caravan, he can hear the sounds of music and laughter and the aroma of delicious food for the same Harvest Festival sounds and smells that he hears and experiences every time he goes to these. The entire town knows he comes to these every year. And as soon as these kids start to see Jack walking up, they get excited. So no longer is there the slight fear of our friend Pete. They see Jack walking up and they hear a clink of bottles. And what else do they see in here, Griffin? Sure. Jack walks into town. He stands about four feet tall as well, much like Pete, but maybe four foot six with the hat he's wearing on his head. And about a quarter of that height is this large jack-o'-lantern head that blazes at this time kind of an eerily cool orange flame. The rest of his body is made of twisting vines that form this humanoid shape beneath the pumpkin. He's wearing right now a black bolero hat and it's got golden trim and he's got a long embroidered olive poncho that fits him shoulder to knee. As he walks on, you know, probably just now crossing the bridge, you can just make out from his black cowboy boots this spark that follows every step from the flint that he has on his spurs as he walks up. And then as he gets a little closer, it's it's big on his hip. On his right hip, there's this strange-looking dueling pistol. And from what you can see, the action itself looks dwarven in make, but the handle looks strangely similar to his own vines. You hear the clanking of bottles as he approaches and also feel that kind of cool wind that Haley described, but you also smell like burning leaves as he kind of approaches the back of the now stopped Crystal Hearst caravan, sees the kids and that pumpkin grin just like you can see it slowly move into a smile as he approaches. Now I should have figured you youngins would be the first to greet me as I walked into Fandar. What are you all cowering behind each other for? Um, it's Pete. I'm super excited to see you though, Jack. <laughs> now y'all don't have to be scared of Pete. He doesn't have a mouth, sir. Now we don't judge people for not having mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't Pete's fault, and I'm sure he's got a good story or two to tell. That's probably true. Um, do you have any stories for us, though? <laughs> Did I ever tell y'all about the floating fire haint I fought in the in the Fangwood just a couple years ago? Or y'all might have been too young for that. Can you tell us everything? I don't want to scare none of y'all, so the youngest of you might want to move along. Unless you, you think you can handle it. And a couple of the youngest kids, they look to one another and they whisper... And then they turn and they nod. We, we, we got it. We can handle it. 
Now, old Jack was wandering through the forest one time, and I thought, thought I smelled a campfire, maybe a companion that I could have, could have saddled up with. It gets lonely out in the Fangwood sometimes, you know. <laughs> but uh, upon further inspection, there were these floating fireballs out there, and as they approached, I could feel them reaching out to my own soul, trying to suck it out through my sprouts, right through the top of my <gasps> hat. Oh my goodness. Don't worry, old Jack made it out of that scrap. You see, they disappeared for a time, but... Well, let's just say... Jack can pick a pumpkin out of a patch when he has to. And I managed to put one right between those little spirits, and they moved along. I could tell y'all more, but, uh... I do have some business with Miss Aubrey. Did y'all know where she's been? Oh, she's in the root again. <laughs> I should have expected... Yeah, we're not allowed to go in there without our moms. Well, y'all would need ID, obviously. Well, can, can you take us in there? Why ain't your mom, Emma? Okay. Maybe we'll see if our mom can take us. And then <laughs> they're all going to turn and run towards their parents to beg for entry. And Jack will, at this point, like turn over to Pete, who I think, you know, he's seen, he's met here a couple of times. Now, Pete, how you doing? Ah, uh, Jack, it's good to see you again. Very well. I'm pleased to be here yet again. How have your travels been? Have the harvests been good? I reckon uh, even in unfallow soil, the harvest has been quite good this year. Uh, on account of all the work that you and your people have been doing, and also I've been doing double time, visiting a couple folks. I've been hearing rumblings from down south that I don't quite like. So I wanted to make sure that all these harvest festivals are going well this year. Wonderful, yes. I know that we spoke last time we met, but if you notice anything odd about these harvests, any any strange behavior or afflictions of the plants, you'll you'll let me know. Oh, you always want to know about the afflictions of the plants. Sometimes the harvest is all down to luck, Pete. Well, with you around, I know... Everyone will be lucky with their crop. I haven't been on this earth that long, but that's one truth I do hold. Well, what's your plan? Are you hitting off with the rest of the Crystal Hersians to uh, figure out your stall or something, or you got time for a drink? You know what? A drink does sound good. I've come here to mingle and to talk with other people from the far-flung areas and ask them about how their crop are doing, but... A drink long, sounds like an excellent place to do that. As long as you tell them you're looking to mingle and not to tangle, they'll probably be fine. Let's be off. Maybe we can find some olives to put where your eyes would go. Well, not objectionable to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it sounds like you guys are headed to the room. Yes. And going back to our friends Hector and Rox, Dargy hasn't come back. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh no. Stall is done. Doggy has not come back. Hector would be sitting like in front of the stall on the ground so he can sit eye level with Rox here. And uh, he's like, Well, Rox, I'm quite exhausted. I was hoping that Doggy would come back with more water, but it appears maybe he's forgotten. Um, maybe we can go in the route and check it out. I don't know if you've been to Fendar before, but. Yeah, I've been here. You still oh. drinking that phosphorus water? Uh, yes. Oh, it's good for the leaves. No, no, I, okay, yeah, I, I don't get it, but sure. 
I love going to the tap root. I mean, you know, we can't get drunk, but watching the fleshies do it's funny as hell. <laughs> oh, indeed, that is true. I do enjoy a good drunk fleshy. Yeah, I just stand in the middle of the floor and laugh. It's a great time. We should do that together yeah. sometime. I think the best part is soaking up all the bits of water that end up on the ground. That's kind of creepy, man. Uh, <laughs> I find it quite invigorating. Did you say you were running for the town council or something last time I was here? Oh, that's true. I'm trying to make my way around and, uh, well, they don't seem quite receptive to the idea for having a Goran on, on the council, but um, I'll try regardless. I do think it's important to have a hold on the local government, considering we get Oh, well, take this for example. And he holds up the smudged piece of paper with the warning against goblinoids. It's like, this is full of inaccuracies. And if we had any sort of oversight over these types of publications, we could maybe do something about that. And, and you know, there's facts here about uh, well, nonsense could be corrected with the truth. Rock sees the paper, grabs it, holds it up close <laughs> to his face, starts reading. Oh, shit, we got to do something about these green ones. This is trouble, man. <laughs> No, no, uh, I don't. I don't think the goblins are really causing us much trouble here in Fendar. That's what the paper says. Oh, they could just write anything they want on there. Don't you see, rocks? Why would they do that? It's not true. They probably hate goblins. <laughs> oh. Well, I've never met a goblin that I didn't like. Oh, hey, actually, I've got a lot of mixed feelings on them. I've met some good ones, some bad ones. So now upon second reflection here, yeah, I can see there may be some inaccuracies. This is kind of general. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I would cross out this note here and say that, you know, they like pickles. And that, uh... Oh, shit, we got to get them some pickles. <laughs> well, yes. Well, maybe at the root we could pick up some pickles. That, that might be a good idea. In case there are goblins around, we could bait them. If you guys are walking to the root... I can't wait for them to start watching Rock's News. <laughs> As you guys are walking to the route, though, Rocks, you see a few more intact pamphlets as well okay. around. Don't know if that dissuades your opinion, but they're all the same-ish style. This is pretty convincing, Hector. <laughs> they're all over the place. But just because there's more of them. <laughs> well, that, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> they have a printing press in Fandor. <laughs> Where are they getting these? <laughs> it's not like the streets are littered with them, but they are on the occasional stall. And they are on the ground occasionally because someone started just throwing them away. But yeah. Did you know, Rox, that people will take a live tree, cut it up into mush, squish it out into this flat sort of piece of parchment here? and then write on it and then throw it away instantly. Now that's what you should be mad about. By the grace of the spirits of the woods, that's horrible. Right, let's pick up these papers. <laughs> yeah. And then head to the root. Yeah, you know, the first time I was in town, I heard the taproot and I thought maybe I'd meet a, a leshy with a real thick dumper there. Didn't happen. <laughs> like a good taproot, you know what I'm saying, Hector? <laughs> Elbows him. <laughs> Hector does not respond. He's <laughs> like, um, okay. Uh, well, we're a bit of a rare kind. Y you are, but maybe there'll be a, a someone with a rooty stem. 
Oh, you can only hope. Let's see what they got in store for us today. <laughs> so as you approach the taproot in, and I guess the other two, it doesn't matter, same kind of setup when you approach, hear the sound of boisterous conversation as a whole and clinking glasses. It is a two-story structure made of timber and stone. It is one of the most sturdy-looking buildings in town. The rest look like they could be built rather quickly. And there's a wooden sign hanging from the door that depicts a stylized root vegetable. It looks like a radish. <laughs> and that just says the root on the sign. Pornography. <laughs> Disgusting. In the front of the inn does have one very large rearing grizzly bear kind of wooden statue right at the front of the door. Looks like it kind of almost guards the door as a wooden statue. And as you push open the door, you get a wave of warmth and the scent of roasted meat and dirty ale-covered floors. (laughs) The interior of the inn is kind of dimly lit with some lanterns hanging from the rafters. And there's a very big stone hearth dominating one wall. Its flames kind of crackle and dance. And there is Jet right behind the bar. She is a human woman. She has a very friendly smiling face. And she is got black hair braided down. She's rather young. And she has her very iconic teal scarf that she always wears around her waist to the point where some people even call her the teal lady. Hmm. And I don't think I can show you a good image of her because I didn't set that up. At least it won't let me show you. So this is Jet. You can see on the screen here, so she's got those braids. She's, again, relatively young. She's also relatively new to Feindar. So she is behind the bar and... Everybody is very, very happy as a whole. So I guess I would assume that Jack and Pete probably got here first. You guys were making like a beeline here. And meanwhile, Hector and Rox were still setting up and waiting for Dargy to show. And Dargy did not. Dargy is though sitting at the bar. Looks like he was going to pull through for me. Nice. A little upsetting. He looks like he's been in his cuffs. (laughs) (laughs) He's not bringing any phosphorus. No phosphorus. I think I would, uh, I would go ahead and walk up to the bar then and keep my distance from Dargy and say, Jet, if you have two watchers, please. And if you've seen Dargy around, perhaps uh, you could point me to him. Oh, there you are. Oh, you must have forgotten about me. That's all right. Dargy, would you like something to drink? Uh, uh yeah. Yeah, actually, that'd be good. Another one, probably. One beer another two one two beers please Hector this Three. is what I'm talking about this Jet? guy's hilarious look at him he's wasted <laughs> oh you're quite observant though I didn't notice that his head was literally in his drink <laughs> Jeff would smile are y'all sure you want to send him two more beers uh, just trying to be placating towards him you know he did a lot of favors for me today and I'd like him to have whatever he wants. I don't mean this in any way, but do y'all know how bad it can be if he just keeps drinking and drinking? Because y'all don't do that. No, but I'm excited to find out. (laughs) 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 
You're right. In the name of science, we'll continue to give him alcohol. I think I might make the decision for myself that we're not going to give him anything else because I don't want to clean up any more puke than I'm already going to have to clean up. Fair enough, Jet. You are in charge here. So y'all just want water or? Yes, water. If you have any rock phosphorus or perhaps nitrates. I did get some rocks after you've been here for a while. Do you just want me to put a rocks at the bottom of the drink? Yes. Water on the rocks, please. <laughs> All right. And she reaches down into a bowl of just like clearly rocks she's been collecting because you've been staying here for a while and just <laughs> drops them in while looking at you like, is this what you want? I hope so. Delicious. Here, rocks have some. Oh, shit, that feet. rock water looks great. Yeah, let me get some of that. <laughs> And she just kind of shrugs and grabs another handful to throw in another glass. Wow, that hits the spot. <laughs> and our other Leshy friends are hanging around here, right? Yeah, they are probably kind of in the corner closest to the fire. I will show you guys this map. You got to ignore a lot of stuff that's on the map. Okay. I gave that warning. Oh, hey, Hector, look over there. That's, uh, that's that Jack guy I've seen around a couple times and... That oh. Pete? Uh, I don't know. Jack he, Pete. He doesn't have facial features, so I think that's him. Yeah, I believe you're right, Rox. Let's get a couple more drinks and head over there. Man, they're going to love this rock water. God. <laughs> Jet does a nice job here. You would see kind of in the corner-ish by the one main table that's kind of right at the both entrance, but next to the fire as well, you would see Pete and Jack, who would have actually come into this route to a very welcome greeting. And for Jack, mostly, I'm assuming. Mostly for yeah. Jack. <laughs> actually, pretty exclusively for Jack. <laughs> as Auburn the Green has been sitting and drinking most of the day here, telling any story that people are willing to hear. So Jack would, with Pete and Toe, saunter up to the table that Auburn's sitting at. Now, Miss Abby, it has been a year, hasn't it, since I've seen you last, but don't think that I forgot about you, because I brought plenty of ale from Kraganan. You are just so wonderful every time. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I supposed to uh, refer to you as Miss Auburn the Green? Jack, you've known me for years and years. Yeah, I've known, I you. I've known you since you're about knee-high to a grasshopper, so <laughs> I ain't... I'm just giving you a hard time. This is a... Uh, my good friend Pete, he's visiting town. I don't know if you two have had the chance to meet each other. He's, uh, Pete, you've been here a couple years, right? Been back and forth. Yes, a time or two in the last few years. A pleasure. I've heard so many stories. Now, Miss Abby is my good friend in town. She's uh, quite the storyteller, quite the old soul. She's uh, retired, if you'd believe it, from her facial features. What are you now, a 33-year-old retiree? Yes. The job and must have been so tough. It was, <laughs> and I have enjoyed retirement greatly. I can see you've been enjoying retirement today, mostly. It's been a good time. Now, I expect to be here most of the day up until the night. Well, I brought some specialties from Brewmaster Haas in uh, Kragadan. Uh, let's see what I got here. I got a... Um, Oh, this one was uh, brewed in whiskey barrels from Kentago. It's a Kentago breakfast stout. Uh, 
<laughs> Should be delightful from what I'm told. This one Keep is you. a, uh, I think they're calling it a Baylor's Tooth. It's got a bit of habanero in it or something. <laughs> I don't mind much uh, when they put peppers in it. And then well, I think they named this one after me. It's a, called a country pumpkin ale. <laughs> but don't worry, I, I won't take offense if you drink it because you know... Pumpkin flavor is really just ground cinnamon, nutmeg, and ginger. It's not, doesn't actually have pumpkin in it. I think I might like that, uh, pumpkin ale. Just don't get any ideas, Miss Abby. What? <laughs> you probably don't actually taste like this, right? I told you there's no pumpkin in it. Okay. Just checking if they maybe got the flavors or something, right? Well, it's quite a popular flavor, but it's like pumpkin spice or something, you know? And Abby would take that one and have some drinks. From what you know of Abby, she's in the beginning of her drinking endeavors for the day. This is not the end. This is not even where she would be even considered close to drunk. She is very much a practice drinker as she is a worshiper of Caden Callion. Uh, yeah, and seeing that, Jack would turn to Pete. Now, Pete, have you ever been inebriated? Well, I don't think I've ever tried. I imagine that the substances involved would be harmful to my very person, my plant fibers. Well, if I offered you the opportunity, I would say do not try to keep up with Miss Abby. She is a practiced cleric of Caden Callian. And, uh, well, she drank you or I under the table. But I do have a couple substances that may be of interest if you'd like to feel at ease. Well... I'm certainly not opposed to a new experience like that. Let's try it. I think at this point, Jack would, you know, looking across kind of the route, would see Hector and Rox. Oh, now there's a couple more of our kind. I've got something special. We should wait till they come over to try it out. It's merely experimental. I've been working on it with the dwarves over in Kragadan, with Brewmaster Haas, trying to find something. And I think it might be worth all our while if we take a sip, but I do have to say, you know, we should invite our other plant folk friends along for the ride, so to speak. Well, let's make it a party then. <laughs> You'd see Jack kind of like tilt his hat I don't know if you guys know what a bolero hat is. It's like a cowboy hat before it gets the creases put in it. Mm-hmm. So it's like the flat brim all the way around. And he'd like tilt his hat over at Hector and rocks and kind of wave a hand at them. Hector would gesture frantically, sort of pointing to the bar because he's trying to get uh, it's a couple drinks more and then he's going to come over. Okay, so... <laughs> so we get them rock waters, head on <laughs> over. Some rock waters. Yeah. Hey! Jack, how you doing, man? You give any more thought to joining me up in High Force? Some real gnarly shit going down there. Think you'd like it. I don't know if we've had as much of an opportunity to talk about how gnarly, but, you know. Real bad, man, I'm telling you. The whole ground's shaking. <laughs> we really could use a guy who can blast first and ask questions later. You had, it, you had my curiosity. <laughs> Truthfully, horrific stuff going on. I'm, I'm certain of it. Rox, what the hell are you talking about? Rox, I'm going to need you to get in a better headspace for what I'm about to ask you to do. All right. Let me just say, if either you, uh, Pete or Hector, are interested, I'm trying to get some guys together 
and sort out some problems back in High Forest. The Earth's rumbling, and I don't know what that means, but it's probably bad, so we gotta take care of it. What do you say? That does sound bad, Roxite. Surprised you didn't bring this up earlier. <laughs> well, you're heavily involved in local government, so I thought you were kind of busy. <laughs> oh, I'll bring this to the attention of the council, of course. All right, yeah, we can talk later. What you got going on there, uh, Jack? Before we make any kind of decisions, I thought maybe, like, if we could drink on it. So I, I've been working on these with, again, as I was telling our friend Pete here, with a brewmaster by the name of Haas in Kragenan, trying to make something a lot of my dwarven friends quite enjoy the drink, and I've never been able to partake. So I actually have two varieties that I brought into town. And this one, is, and he pulls out this bottle of just like bright honey colored liquid. And it's in like this mason jar that for him is like the size of his forearm. And he sets it on the table. Now, when I'm in Kragadan and I, you know, I don't have time to leave, I'm usually sustaining myself off of the bottled sunlight that they have there. And I found a way to distill it with dwarven whiskey to make what I'm calling sunshine. Whoa! <laughs> I love that. Now, for those that don't want something as strong, I've been able to brew an ale with it using the dwarven ales that I'm used to brewing with Brewmaster Haas, and I call them this one Sunshiner Bach. Nice. <laughs> so, like, Rock squats down so he's eye level with this bottled sunshine liquor. Well, bend me over and prune my pine cones. He done it. <laughs> he done it. Now I can finally get drunk like everybody else here. Can I try some of that, though? Now, you could, but what I'm saying is that, of course, as a cleric of Caden Kalian, you should give it a shot because it is alcoholic, but I would request that my friends here and I give it the first try because this would be the first time any of us are able to get inebriated. Of course, sir. Of course. Yes. I gotta hand it to you. That's a uh, really neat. I'll need to know how to. Now, you know, you don't, that. you don't call me sir for nothing. I'm just old Jack, but boys, what do you say? Boys, friends, boyfriends. Right again. I've always uh, been a little bit disappointed that my liver couldn't hold. I mean, I don't have a liver. Couldn't hold any alcohol. I like what you said there, Jack. Boyfriends. As long as the four of us together will be the four boyfriends. The four boyfriends. <laughs> Here's to that. Yes, let's crack it open and drink to that. Well, cheers. Hopefully we don't find ourselves in high cotton after this. <laughs> <laughs> we take a sip. <laughs> so does this work? Yep. Can we get drunk I mean, off it? Sure, I guess. <laughs> Making the rules here, I guess. Uh, I have no issue with it. That's very, very smart. I'm feeling a warm glow, even better than the sun on my own body. This is so much more than that. You see Jack's fire inside flare up a little bit. <laughs> I have an announcement to make. I love alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Very delicious. What a wonderful thing to have occurred in this time and place and for us to experience it. Truly a blessed moment. 
Now, I was hoping, I hadn't tried it myself because I've been waiting to get a group of our kind together, you know. Aside from these festivals, we don't often see each other, so I thought if I could get a group of plant folk like us together to try it, it'd be a good time. Are you guys sipping this through your leaf holes, or am I supposed to be doing something else? <laughs> Like, are you just putting a finger yeah, in? Pete's, or? Yeah, Pete's put like a hand into his, to his, yeah. <laughs> right, I imagine it's a big open jar in the middle of the table. We're all sticking fingers in. <laughs> <laughs> just getting wasted. <laughs> or maybe not wasted, you know, we're, you know, we're sure, just going to sit. Alfred, we're all like sticking our hands There's in. no need to be shy about it, Heck. You can drink it however you like to drink it. <laughs> all right. As much as I wanted to try that, I don't know. <laughs> I poured you a cup. Okay, good. I guess I was distracted by the fingers. Yeah, sorry. There might tendrils. Be little, there may be a little back soil in the drink now. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Abby, are you implying that a lot of us ain't clean? I'm not implying that. You grow from dirt. None of us have grown from dirt in quite some time. Y'all remember when you was growing from dirt? I don't. That was four years ago for me. It's quite some time. I am also fairly new, but it has been many years since I was. Are you allowed to drink? I don't... Should I be in doing something? I want you to drink. I doubt that the individualism in Phaedrin will prevent me, by law, from consuming this beverage, regardless of my age. Yeah, Miss Abby, I don't think there's any laws about it, because there ain't been a precedent set for this before. Yeah, we don't, like, let children, generally, in here uh, all the time. Children have to develop their senses and abilities. I... And likewise, probably other people have been grown, other leshies have been grown fully into their form. Now, I thought you'd been drinking all day, Miss Abby, but you're acting nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs, and I won't have it. I only see you for a couple days a year, and usually you're cutting loose. I know. Again, it's very early still. I mean, half the musicians weren't even set up, so I've just been kind of hanging out. I, you know, I'll write this wrong. And she walks over to the bar and she orders four shots of whiskey and takes them all. <laughs> oh, God. Wrong. Righted. Did you see that? I took one for each of you. Whoa, I feel truly special to be the third shot. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like looking through the bottom of a whiskey glass? It's uh, pretty normal, really. I guess for you. I mean, yeah, it's kind of what I do most of the time. Although, I usually think that was a serious question. We, we don't know. We've never had the opportunity. <laughs> We're all just waiting for this to titrate <laughs> through our systems, all right? Don't worry. It'll get really fun. And then you'll want to tell everyone everything all the time. I just want to see what Pete looks like dancing. Are we going to dance later? Oh, Pete yeah. Is. I'm going to shake that thing. I try. <laughs> I also like the idea of when plants absorb like dyed things, like it changes like their color. So like we're looking a little bit more honeyed now as we're absorbing it, if it's got a color to it. <laughs> My sap is yellow now. Oh, don't like Ooh. that. I figured like liquid sunshine looks like kind of honey. Yeah, 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 yeah probably. Yeah. yeah, so Auburn's gonna sit at the bar and start drinking. I know that's a little bit of way from you guys, but she's been called out just right or wrong. So she's gonna sit at the bar and start drinking and she's gonna talk to some of the others and she's gonna call back over and say Jack I'm, I'm gonna make some new friends gonna hang out here you guys enjoy getting drunk for the first time 
And I promise you, I'll be back here. I'll, well, I'll be here all day, really. I don't have anything to go buy. So if you guys stay here, great. I can't wait to watch this. Y'all head out to the festival. I can't wait for you guys to come back and you'll get to hear all of the stories that I plan to tell. Yep, no worries, Miss Abby. Where there's bees, there's honey, and where there's a bar, there's you. Figured you wouldn't be too far. Well, there is only the one bar. Exactly, so there's only one place for us to look. There's only one place for me to be, really. Phil, is y'all familiar with this town? Need a tour or something? You got places you want to go see? Well, I'll probably just be browsing the various booths, making sure everything's in order, but I'm down to take a little bit of a walk. Are you taking on the role of unofficial sheriff for no reason at all? <laughs> <laughs> He's just pushing himself in here. Okay. To this community. Is the caravan from Crystalhurst bringing anything interesting this year, Pete? Oh, yes. Several rare flora from the depths of the Bangwood. Places that only the most experienced of rangers outside of our town could ever dare to reach. It'll be a, a wonderful array of rare botanical and herbal items. And Roxy, you look like you just fell off the turnip truck, so you're probably down for whatever, well, right? It's funny you bring that up because <laughs> I was passed out last night and somebody threw me on a firewood cart, so quite literally it wasn't a turnip truck, but yeah, I fell off the back of a wagon here. And thank God Hector was here to set me straight. No, I'd love to see my way around town. I love festivals. Yeah, it'd be fun. Well, I guess it's up to you guys if you want to go walk around the festival, hang out, if you want to go to any of the other shops or locations, or if you just want to keep absorbing the, the well, sunshine. Well, we're going we're to we're put the sunshine in a central location. Cups, not to-go cups. Okay. We're gonna, mm-hmm. I'll mix it oh, up to-go cup. to-go cups. <laughs> so we each have our to-go cup. Yep. All right. Where are you guys headed? Like, there's some options around town to hit first if you want to go to, like, the main shops. There's also, you know, the general festivities. Yeah, are the festivities close by? We can go there. If there's shops along the way, stop there first. Yeah, so, I mean, festivities are kind of throughout the town, mostly in the town square, which town square also has the trading company area and the Orald's Fine Shop, which is kind of a main shop as well in town. The only thing that's a little bit further... And maybe is at the end of Town Square. I think almost like cul-de-sac-like is the shrine. So, and those are kind of the three main places besides the route that they were just like high traffic areas, really. Even during the festival, they're all high traffic areas. Yeah, so I think Jackwood is probably the most familiar with the town. Turn to the group and kind of say, you know, it's been a pleasure drinking with you fellas, and but... It comes to mind that I I actually don't know all that much about any of y'all. Are you folks religious at all? There's a there's a pretty substantial shrine in town that might be worth looking at if you are, but otherwise I figure, you know, we could hang out in the stalls and you know, find stuff that we're interested in, maybe visit Pete's Ken and with the Crystal Hearst caravan and checking on them, checking on the booth you were working on. Hector, and, and then if any of y'all been to Orold's, that's a, a pretty neat shop, especially for, for our folk, because, you know, he's quite well-versed in herbs and that kind of thing. Oh, do you think he's got a crowbar? I forgot to pick one up at Character Creation. <laughs> I do believe he'd have one if we went. Well, that's I where I want to go, then. Or you could go to the crowbar stall, you know, the crowbar. 
Oh. That's what they're calling it. They serve drinks oh. and crowbars. Oh, perfect. Or you could go to the trading company, the Fendar trading company, where it's kind of like a Lowe's with a blacksmith. The Fendar trading company was kind of where like part of this was dispersed. It is. Know? It's just like a little bit more specific to smithed items. Like it's. Oh, that's oh, perfect. Okay. Then. Yeah. Fendar <laughs> trading company sounds like the place for me. <laughs> All right, then. How about the rest of y'all? You good with that? Seems like a good first stop. I would like to visit the shrine eventually. That sounds good. Sorry, Moose started crying in behind me. All right. So you guys are going to make your way through the festival and kind of still in the festival-ish. So the Fandar Trading Company is this. So you walk up to what is a wooden shop that looks actually not very well put together and a barn-like smithy that kind of share this single large stone wall that's out front so that's the only part that's stone the rest is all this kind of like shoddy wood and you also have a double door here that you can see they're open and you can see the glow of the smithy absolutely open and you can see the the forge and that is what you guys kind of walk up to you also inside of here there are kind of stalls in various locations inside this, because it's kind of this weird like L-ish U. I don't know, it's like a, a modified U shape. And inside that U, there are like a couple stalls here and there that look like they sell blacksmith goods as well. As y'all would expect, a blacksmith in place shaped itself like a horseshoe, so go in either side. I guess that checks out. <laughs> I think we'll meet Miss uh, Kenning Blondebeard here. She should be Manning the forge. Yes, and if you do walk in, you'll see Kenning Blondebeard. And Kenning Blondebeard is a female dwarf. And I'll show you her picture here in just a second as well. My journal has moved. Hello there, Kenning. You're being visited by the boyfriends. (laughs) (laughs) The boyfriends. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And... Welcome to the plant dating simulator. (laughs) So you walk into the smithy and you see a short dwarf woman who is very heavily kind of scarred with what I would consider like kind of burn scars. It maybe looks like smithy hasn't necessarily been kind to her over the years. And she is known for like doing really fine goods and really good stuff. She has very pale skin and so the scars really are pronounced all over her face and then she keeps her iron gray hair cut into a very short like bob almost like the karen cut Mm. and (laughs) just without the spikes up front and the back (laughs) Um, and she also has her sleeves rolled up and you can see burn scars all over her arms as well as she has her gloves on and just past those gloves you can see those scars as well all over the place and turns around she'll say what do you lot want crowbar please <laughs> you see jack's flame kind of diminish to like just like an ember because he kind of like knowingly like he's met kenning before and he reach into his pack miss blombeard i have a few ales i brought into town for you from Cragadan. I leave them with you. Hopefully you enjoy them. And with that, you see this faintest, like, hint of a smile kind of creep onto her face. And she, all right, I appreciate that one. You can grab a crowbar from the bin over there. 
and there's just a barrel of crowbars. Wow. <laughs> This is great. Thank you so much, Miss Blondebeard. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm Roxnati, one of the boyfriends. <laughs> That's uh, fantastic to hear. Don't think much into it. I know. <laughs> well, we were really just visiting around various booths of the festival. You think there would be any interesting deals or sales you have going on? Celebration? No. You were? All right, You worked Kenny? anything uh, <laughs> interesting lately, though? I've worked a fair number of finding things, but I don't think you guys could afford them. <laughs> well, you're probably right. <laughs> I keep spending my coin on, uh, well, pleasures of the flesh, I guess, if I had it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fruits of the vine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just poor. I'm not surprised about that, but... Now, do you need something from me or uh, you just passing off the ale, which thank you for that. If you ever do want to buy something from here, I guess I'll give you something for it, but. That's not a problem. You know, I'll bring it around every year. No, we, we was just looking for the crowbar for my friend here. Barrel crowbar, so. That's that. Uh, He's a cheap date. What can I say? Yep. Well, thank you for your kind hospitality. I do think you look rather busy and I think it's best to me and the boyfriends head off to uh, another stall. What do you think? We're going to see you at the route later, or are you turning in for the evening after this? I'm probably stuck here working all day, because some of my clients will come in for this market, and then uh, I'll just be making that stuff for them that they contract for me. So I'll probably be working all night long. In fact, I don't think I'll be able to stop. You just let me know if you're looking for... I could bring a, bring a drink or two by, so you don't have to miss out entirely. Appreciate it. Because I think it's going to be a long, hot night. Auburn's already deep in her cups, so... What's new with that girl? <laughs> How do you think it's a bit strange that you're getting a lot of orders in there? It's been relatively peaceful, I've heard. I don't just make weapons. Oh, of course. <laughs> right. You also make weapons for killing plants. I forgot. That's accurate. Uh, really don't need any of your expert advice that you've been trying to give out, so... I'll keep making the my goods here that I know you can't afford. She does not like that you've been coming into town and trying to be helpful and she is very upset that you are coming okay. into town and trying to be anything near a sheriff type of attitude. <laughs> the opposite of what she likes. So any hint of smile that she has when she looks at like Jack or even Rox is like kind of neutral and Pete's neutral. It turns straight to a glare when she looks at you. <laughs> he'll continue to work at her, but he'll take the hint. Be like, <laughs> all right, then we'll see in a few levels how much I can afford. <laughs> it's been a pleasure to meet you, Kenning. I can't wait to open all sorts of shit with this thing. It's a good one. Enjoy. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> As we're leaving, uh, Jack would just turn to Hector now, what'd you do to piss her off? Dwarves are usually quite easy to get along with. I don't like to speculate, but I think she may find it a little bit grating that I've come into town and tried to stir things up a bit. I don't know. Some people are just resistant to change. Jack, you would also know from your years of coming here, Kenning does a lot of really rude things, and she blames it on being a dwarf. If she, she'll say outwardly rude things to people and call it a dwarf thing. You wouldn't understand it's a dwarf thing. 
You keep telling people that's not how that goes, I'm assuming, but she continues to do that. <laughs> so there is Kenning and uh, the smithy. She's less than friendly. Now the vendors outside the smithy, very friendly and would be willing to sell you things if you wanted to buy any number of standard like mundane items from a smithy. I don't have anything purchased at the moment. Same, yeah. I think we keep the tour going. Awesome. Indeed. So where to next? I think we should head to the shrine. The shrine. Okay. Sounds good. And let's head to the shrine. Again, ignore all the dead bodies. <laughs> There's so many. That's mostly why I wanted to go. Let's see this man. There's it's a shrine to murder. Literally. It's the so Norgorber shrine. Yeah, the guys representing here, uh, Lamash 2, Norgorber, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, the shrine in Feindash stands out as probably one of the most, like, visually appealing structures in town. Just like the root maybe looks like the most solidly constructed. This is probably the most carefully and beautifully constructed building. It is both beautiful and functional. It is a shrine to many faiths. It is, in fact, intended to be a place of worship for all faiths. But as you guys walk in, none of you guys actually worship these gods, so I don't know if any of you have any sort of religion that you'd want to roll just to know, like, the major gods and stuff that are in here. I would roll a religion. I think I have a reverence, at least, for perhaps the some of the gods that are worshipped. Yeah. And there are many, by the way, amulets, artworks, offerings, and, and everything, like, all over the shrine, but they look very specific in nature. What'd you get? I got an 11. Okay. First roll of the campaign. I know, right? Yep. 97. <laughs> Seven. Could be better. Well, so... Realistically, it looks like a bunch of Desna and Arastal things for the most part. There's just like a ton of homemade butterflies and homemade like Arastal like type of things that people have hung all over the shrine. There are like two major statues of each of them. And then there's fountains on each side of the building. And there's also a couple of general like depictions of other gods and deities on the walls, but they're far less magnificent than the Arastal and Desnan stuff. I see. So yeah, as you guys walk in, there's actually quite a few people here, and they're like, there's chatting, there's also the quiet praying and quiet worship, but there's also like quite a few just kind of chatty, excited people are in town to hang out, see what the shrine is, as well as put down anything that they've made as worship to these gods. And you kind of see in the middle of all of it a very, very happy bubbly-looking blonde woman who's kind of talking to anyone who's willing to talk to her. So, that's the shrine. Would you guys like to do anything here, or are you just kind of coming to check it out? There's also, out back, there is a shrine to the Green Faith as well. Y'all looking to convert, or...? No, I was hoping to speak to Rena. I don't know if you've met her, but she's a bit of a bright spot here in town. And Hector will wave to that blonde woman in the... One of the few that tolerates you, I suspect. <laughs> yes. She scuttles over. Hi! It's so good to see you guys. How are you all? Is it, uh, yes, Hector uh, and Jack, of course. Oh, so good to see you guys. Jack tips his hat. These are our friend's rocks. And Pete. A pleasure. And I'm the fourth boyfriend. Yeah, we're, we're all boyfriends. 
Yeah. That's just lovely. <laughs> I can't believe that. That's fantastic. Now I suppose there's a pecking order. I don't know who decided the order, but... Uh, I really don't think that you guys should put an order on it. Aren't you all one big loving family? Once again, uh, now, I said now I suppose there's a pecking order. No, there's so, no yeah. pecking order. It's just that I was the last one to know her. So I was the fourth boyfriend she was introduced to. Well, you're all equal in my eyes. That's lovely. Is she a worshiper of Desna then? or? Yes, she is. Hector will say, I imagine uh, you've got quite a busy day today due to all the people coming in town. I'm sure many of them are worships of Desna. Yes, isn't it just wonderful? Yes, I, I do wonder, though, if you've been able to talk to some of the others on the council about you know, some of the things I've mentioned. Perhaps a little more plant representation. Yes, I've talked to them about how important the plant life in this environment is and like how important the forest is. And yeah, so I, I transmitted all of your messages really accurately. Oh, wonderful, Rena. You've always been such a great help. Yes, I think it would be a wonderful addition to add even more diversity to the council. I think she's equating us to the forest, brother. <laughs> <laughs> As the saying goes, no deforestation without representation. That's right. That's right. You guys do love the forest, though, right? As the saying goes, I speak for the tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you guys looking for anything from me here? Um, maybe you want to hear all about all of the different things that people have been bringing today. It's so exciting. They just keep bringing all of these various offerings and these cool items and they just keep leaving them here for all of these gods. It's a wonderful thing for our society. I'm so happy about this. It is wonderful. Yeah, I, I would love to take a look around and then I think um, we're just here really to visit and show everybody the different going-ons in the Market Festival. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad that you guys are getting a chance to visit everything in the Market Festival and I'm sure you'll be able to say hi to everyone and I just know one day, Kenning's really gonna take a liking to you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, maybe one day. I do have a lot of time, but so does she. It'll be great. Because everyone <laughs> will get along eventually, and then we'll be a really good council. I know I'm new on the council, so they don't always take my opinion with, uh, you know, a really strong sentiment, but I think that I'm gonna really change things. Yes, I agree. And the thing is, we need the kind of new blood in there to shake things up. I know things are peaceful now, but uh, the Maltinis are out there, and I am afraid without some sort of organization, things might go south quickly. Oh, I really don't think anyone would want to attack us. That would be so silly. Um, they have attacked us before, and we just rebuild like a little bit, and it's never a lot because it's just little raids, because we're really not that important, which is fine with me, because we have a very good festival every year. All right. And everyone's raids. safe. Doesn't sound very safe to me, but... It's just a couple little raids. That's why some of the buildings are not built all the way, like two stories and with stone, because, you know, that's harder to rebuild. So, but that's why we made that plan. You don't build with stone and everything's fine and we can just rebuild every time. Y'all should probably take Hex's advice, you know, never get your horse in a place where you can't turn around. <laughs> I just don't know why anyone would want to attack us like we just love. Yeah, but just in case, wouldn't it be better? I think you're being a little bit negative here. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't you just say 
You don't know why anyone would want They're to attack you. They're just small raids. But you get attacked all the time. They're just little raids, That's though. It's saying, not like yes. a full. <laughs> it's it's fine. They're just like little raids. Small raids that destroy buildings. They're just small. I'm just saying, Hector's older than the than dirt and dog ears. You know, he's seen a lot of things. That's true. I guess I will listen to your wisdom when you become on the council. Right, right. That's the. <laughs> oh, that's the crux of it, isn't it? Well, all right. I've had enough of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm confused. Hector, explain it to me later. <laughs> I've been drinking yeah. a little too much for this kind of optimism. <laughs> Rena's done a great job, but it's quite frustrating to tell us town the same thing over and over again, only for them to go, oh, we'll just rebuild. And the thing is, lives can't be replaced, but uh, I guess they don't care. So you guys are leaving Marina. flashies for you, ain't it? <laughs> Some people are content to fall asleep in the same place every night and get thrown into the same pile of firewood. <laughs> <laughs> Creatures have it. All right. So you guys have seen the trading company and you've seen the shrine. I guess call is yours. Do you want to go back to the room? Do you want to stop at the fine shop? Do you want to do any stalls? The fine shop orals? Orald's fine shop. We should stop in and say hi to Orald. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah On our way back to the root. Then it's root time. Uh, all right. Route 66. <laughs> <laughs> so you walk up to Orald's, and it is a rather unassuming, I guess, establishment. It's not like he's got... A, it might be a fine shop, but it doesn't have, you know... You know what they say, fellas, if you gotta call your shop fine, it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> you said it once, you can say it again. <laughs> well, as you check out the shop, it is a kind of, it's small, but it also has kind of like a odd addition on the back of it that doesn't look like it quite fits in. It looks like there's also been like multiple different construction types on the building. Like it's been built up and changed a couple times. Now, this facade is clearly Baroque, but over there is neoclassical. <laughs> oh Strange as that Orald would want it to look like that. And you enter into the shop and you see a middle-aged man with kind of the salt and pepper temples and black hair and a very large black mustache. He is kind of got a shirt that has some stains on it that look like they're like maybe plant stains or, or what you would maybe think are potion stains. He is at the desk area that he's standing and working on something and yes, uh, hello, what can I do you for? Oral, we're just stopping by, saying hello for the festival. I hope you're having a good time and you must try this drink that our friend Jack has brought in for us. The one that your fingers are in, yes? Oh, yes. I actually would like to politely decline on that one. Um, I don't think that that's a good contamination type of thing here. I mean, you got a sab in your mustache. I don't understand how you'd be <laughs> opposed to... I'm just saying, it's all over your shirt and breeches. Uh, yes, I, I understand it is kind of all over me, but that's even more reason why I maybe shouldn't take a drink and get whatever's in my mustache right now into that drink that you're putting your fingers into. I suppose, yeah, for our sake, <laughs> yeah, you're keeping us safe. I appreciate that, Oral. You guys can't call me by my first name. 
as well. That's I like your last name because it sounds a lot closer to Oral. I like that too, but I don't know your first name, to be honest. My name is Vane. Vane. Yeah, Vane. Vane Oral. I'm Rox Naughty. Hi, Rox. It's nice to meet you. A pleasure. Oh, this is Pete. I do appreciate you all in general. I don't have to do any healing with you. And normally, that's half the reason people come to my shop, is to ask me to do something to heal them. And honestly, I'm, I'm not even very good at that. But I do think I might be the best fit in the town at this point in time. So as much as I don't think I'm so good at it, I am the best that could be in the town. So, Yeah, I mean, you're quite the doctor without borders, I guess. Well, no one else has come in and been the doctor. So someone had to step up. Oh, you're doing a great job. And I'm sure with a little bit of uh, training from a real doctor or something. You might be on your way. Yeah, well, oh, yes. I do think that would require me to leave, so can't quite do that. Oral's Fine Shop is named after my family for generations. Can't leave the shop. Like ever? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think you're, like, bound to it. No, I'm, I'm not bound. It's just, uh, it feels kind of like a duty, right? Father passed it to me. His father passed it to him. You reckon if your father jumped off a bridge, he did too? Well... No, because he would be dead and... Well, I mean, did it after he was born or something. No, it's, it's more, um, there's no one else who could probably run the shop while I'm gone. And uh, the fine folks here in Feindar do need me quite regularly. So are you guys looking to pick up anything, I guess, then? If you're not here for healing, which is good on me. So do you want to buy something, maybe? Or... Are you just coming to advertise your position, Hector? I have nine gold pieces. <laughs> a share in the business. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Bail him out. In reality, he would have everything that, like, if you could think about a shop, like an alchemist type of shop, he would have most of that, as well as, like, the plain herbs. And, yeah, so there is a lot of dried plants around as well. And various Shame. things. Shame. Hard to see it. So, I mean, if you want anything, he's willing it. If you want to talk to him, he's not hostile or anything, right? He just doesn't understand why you want him to move out of his shop <laughs> already. To, to go be a good doctor. <laughs> he's already really what doctor. he's passionate about. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love this guy's life energy of like, I'm kind of a doctor, but... I don't really want to be, and I'm kind of bad at it. I suck at it, but no one else is better than yeah, me. So. Right, but I am the best one to be. Right. I'm the best doctor there is in this town. Nobody could do it better than me, but also I hate being a doctor. Yes. All right. I will buy an elixir of life from him. Okay. Lesser or minor. Yeah. Ah, it has been a pleasure. Maybe I'll give another consideration to that council again. Oh, that would be wonderful. I do think it's important, but you've already heard from me plenty of times. <laughs> Just remember, this voting season, vote plants. Uh, again, we don't do the vote thing, but uh, oh. well, you know, I'll make sure that I tell the council that Hector has the best opinions. Oh yeah, tell them the vote plant. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you could change the word opinions to policies, I would appreciate that. Vote uh, policies. Uh, See, this is why, Hector, you have some problems with the council. We don't do the policy thing. So you change the words yourself. 
to oh. I- ideas because they're not going to follow policies. You know how it is. I'm you just got to change what you're here. saying so that the, the townsfolk will agree with it. Okay, fair enough. So you um, haven't been politicking for long, Hector. Well, this is the problem. I'm not even on the council. All you got to do is kind of <laughs> lie and then they kind of just do. I'm not trying to lie my way to the top. All right. Well, with Vane's wise wisdom, followed on by Jack's ad, that is all you probably need from the store, correct? Yeah, give him the illusion of choice, Hector. That's the thing. That's <laughs> what any good politician would do. All right. Well, now you guys have kind of explored a couple of the big spots in town. You've seen the festival as a whole. It is starting to get a little dark. It's sunset E. Do you want to head back to the route? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Anyone want to drink this sunshiner, Bach? We've been drinking the sunshine. What is it? Liquor before beer? You're in the clear? I ain't drank any of it. Like, you know, I, I don't know the right order to do it without getting sick because I've never done it before. Mm. Sunshine for plants. It's time to dance. Take off your <laughs> pants. <laughs> I do want to do the old fortitude check to see if I want to drink a Shinerbach. Okay. How am I doing? 19? I think that's a yes. Yeah, you're doing great. I'll have another drink. Yeah, and I'm not going to roll. I'm going to have another drink. <laughs> oh, I'll drink too. <laughs> Jack like reaches down, pulls out his gun. Oh, wrong container. <laughs> Here you go, gentlemen. Just walk into this taproot tavern and it's gotten way more rowdy. And as you walk in, you see Auburn in the middle of the room telling a tale. And you can tell she's been drinking pretty heavily handed, heavy handed while you've been gone. And she is regaling everyone who is willing to listen with a story. And she's so I was on duty and it was so long. Duty was forever. And I was just watching the forest, looking for all of the dangers, and I'm trying to protect. I got it. No worries. Uh, so then I sat down after a long bit of walking. I grabbed my trusty tanker, and she holds up this tankard that has a pretty big dent in it. And she holds up this big tankard, and she goes, I'm so trusty. And I heard a noise. Well, I went to go take a swig and then you guys wouldn't believe this as I'm putting it down on the ground I hear a big twang like something hit something like it sounded like an armor got hit an arrow hit my tankard right in front of my chest and that's when I knew Ken Callie looking out for me that's when I knew and then I became a very good cleric occasion. And it was just so fantastic. And he has been with me ever since. She then raises her tankard up one more time. A toast to Caden Callion. And as she puts her drink up to her mouth, a giant ballista bolt runs right through her chest. What? From where? <laughs> through the what front the door. It almost annihilates the front door. And it runs her right through her chest. It does more shoulder than chest, I guess. And it launches and it lands itself in the back 
of the tavern wall, and she goes down immediately. And I think pick it up next episode. Oh my god! Plants, 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 Iron Fang Invasion and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, and their respective logos, characters, and artwork are property of Paizo and used with permission.